Namaskaram everyone hope you guys are doing good and welcome to Aishu's podcast Namaskaram everyone and bell bell നമസ്കാരം <laughs> <laughs> My name is Kanika and uh, I'm an Isha Hat Yoga teacher and uh, I'm here at the Shilaru project it's in Himachal and we just completed an um, a yoga and pottery retreat we had a bunch of participants come in from different parts of the country and uh, over the past few days they learned um, classical hat yoga practices they ate uh, yogic food they had uh, pottery lessons with the incredibly talented virangana who is um, who's not just a, a, a very accomplished uh, potter and artist but she's also the owner and the 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 girl behind uh, the shilaru project <laughs> and uh, one one half of the shilaru project yes. yes one half of the team uh, so i want to talk about this space because um, it is rare to come across um, uh, people who are doing what they love and believe in and doing it uh, not just 80% or 90% but 120% i would say so everything that they've done here embodies their love and respect for nature art creativity yoga and um, this space is truly extraordinary <laughs> so i want to tell you a little bit about the shilaru project before we start talking with virangana this is in himachal it's in uh, narkanda and it's about 1 and 1/2 hours from shimla it's as you can see it's just stunning <laughs> this is beautiful it doesn't get more beautiful than this i don't think i'll ever tire from this view <laughs> and uh, not only is this space uh, uh uh for yoga and pottery they have a beautiful yoga studio they have a beautiful pottery studio they have um, a beautiful organic garden organic farm as well so everything that is uh, grown locally is what you'll be eating when you come here so you're eating um natural organic food right from the farm to your table it's it's actually like you know half an hour before your meal time you can actually go pick out the vegetables you want to eat <laughs> and the staff here who, who are also very talented will make a delicious meal for you so it's uh, they also have an apple orchard so you'll see fresh apples you'll see apricots you'll see plums you can fr- pick them fresh off the branches and eat them they're completely organic natural there's no chemical fertilizers used and uh, this space is just out of this world i can go on and on about it um so i want to talk to virangna and it's been a while i've been uh, i've known of them for quite a few years now and it was my dream to come here so finally when this happened i jumped at the opportunity <laughs> and the girls are so inspiring it was started by two sisters virangna and shubhangna 
and um, one half uh, of the Shilaru project is with us, which is Virangina. So uh, this space is amazing, but I want to know a little bit about uh, um, the girls behind it. So I know you're from Shilaru, your ancestors are from here, but uh, you didn't spend any time growing up here, right? You grew up yeah. all over the country. So tell us a little bit about that, because how was childhood for you? And how did you arrive at um, this idea of coming and setting up base at Chilaru? Well, uh, my father was in the army, like yours, <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> so uh, we really, ne we really never stayed in one place. So we grew up everywhere. And no I, mad kids. No <laughs> mad kids. And I think there was that desire because of which to have a stable and settled mm. home. And of course, we were aware that there is some place and land where we belong to mm. and there was a longing in that sense to come back to that as well um, yeah right yeah yeah and uh, so we always thought we always wanted to come back here uh, and after having some spent some time in the cities uh, my father was posted in Chennai and Bombay we truly realized the value of living a simple rural life and we made the decision in 2013 to uh, start uh, this life here, start farming, came up with the idea for the programming. Uh, as you know, my sister is Aisha Hatha yoga teacher and she had just done her training a couple of years ago. So the intention of the space was to create a, a, a space to practice and teach yoga. Do I, have I gone off topic now? No, 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 just keep going, yeah. it's good. Um, and uh, at that time uh, I had uh, uh, <clears throat> so uh, I had already studied pottery for some time and had been practicing and apprenticing with artists uh, in uh, Oroville and Chennai and so uh, I, I, my desire was to build a pottery studio of my own and so thus began the journey of finding our studios and spaces and starting these programs. Yeah. Wow. Also, yeah. That's actually incredible, you know, because I know right now everybody on Instagram is doing something pottery related. <laughs> yes, very trendy. But before this idea of sustainable living, uh, living close to nature, living the simple, slow life, before that started becoming popular, say, about a year, a year and a half ago, and COVID, I think, forced everybody to relook right. at life, uh, at how they were approaching right. their life and lifestyle, essentially. But you started this way back in 2013, so you yes. were way ahead of the curve to yeah. come to this realization that uh, that this is a life that you wanted to choose for yourself, choose and build for yourself, actually. And not many people have the intention or, or even the clarity to do that. Right. And you were really young when you did this, right? You were yeah. 20, she was 24, Virangna was 24, Shubhangna was 22. They were two really young 20-year-olds who decided that they wanted to build a life that was very different from anything that their friends were doing, anything that their peers were doing. So that to me is so incredible because it takes so much um, courage and it also takes a lot of uh, um, clarity and gr wisdom beyond your years to come <laughs> to that uh, understanding, which I think is just, uh, it's fantastic. Well, I think all credit is in part due to our parents as well because they always uh, told us to do what meant something to us and mm. not to pursue a career. And they never really uh, forced us in any kind of competitive behavior or choices. So um, 
as young because Shubhang Nihar at 21 and itself done the teacher's training program and they really wanted her to teach and practice yoga irrespective of how much money it made yeah. or didn't make and similarly with pottery it was never really a journey to find a career it was something that I was trying to find myself and um, I think that's why also both things as a practice work together for us so we had the same vision that we want to teach and we want to live this life uh, I think uh, part of it also comes from uh, the army and the discipline and the idea of committing to something entirely mm. instead of trying to in part do small small things and then figure out okay will this work out financially or not we believed if we committed to something entirely it would work out and I think it has now uh, we have made it possible uh, also I think you do know at a young age what you truly want to do but there are not enough people perhaps supporting you mm. to give you that courage and that's wherein our parents have been the biggest support ever and um, in, an, in no way we would be without them, uh, we would reach here without them. So I think all credit goes to them in that sense. Uh, it's been a long journey, we've been here eight years, uh, but we also took our time to understand the space we were inhabiting. So we've gone slow about how we build, what we attempt, and because uh, a majority of our focus was also on the farming. Um, and finally, uh, after eight years of work, our farm is entirely organic and to create those systems because this is a remote location mm. we are not no cities accessible to us <clears throat> so in that sense over a period of time it has come to fruition and we have in that time as well taken our time to become who we want to become as well so it's growing together with the farm in some sense which is so beautiful right Wow, that's amazing. I, I'm I, See, I've been like a big, huge fan of theirs since for the past few years, since I've known about it. So I'm going to gush in <laughs> fangirl because I, I truly love everything it is that they've done. And now that I've experienced it firsthand, I have even more respect for, you know, everything that you have created over here. And, it, and they've created it from scratch. It's not like they came and took over a farm. This was everything that you see behind us was just... It was a forest and apple yeah, trees, right? There was, uh, this was, uh, um, this land was essentially neglected because, as I said, my father was in the army, so was my uncle. So nobody really was looking after this. Yeah. So the, uh, the intention when we moved in 2013 was specifically to create this space and specifically for teaching. So uh, I think it, that, in that sense, this is the way we've designed the space also. It wasn't meant uh, necessarily to be our house or uh, or a vacation yeah. or tourist spot. So all of this has been about uh, supporting the teaching and the studios and um, we wanted to choose uh, a life, not a lifestyle or yeah. a career, but an entirety of a life. And so everything had to make sense together. So it couldn't just be about, okay, you teach yoga, but then we also have to farm because this is how one part can't be, you can't call one aspect sustainable and not the other. Mm. It all has to work together. So, which is why also I think uh, it is definitely a commitment and it does take time. But w if you give to the process, I think the process gives back to you equally wow. in part. 
That's so beautifully <laughs> articulated. And it's true, every um, aspect of this space, the people, the, uh, the program, it, it just embodies this uh, huge respect and uh, alignment with nature, right? Because nothing is, um, it's very symbiotic and it's, it's reflected in every aspect of what they're doing. I want to particularly talk about the pottery. Uh, hmm. How did that happen? I, I had not heard of anybody going to learn pottery till like a few years ago yeah. when it became trendy and cool. That's true. But you were doing this almost like 10, 12 years ago. And yeah. So about, how did that uh, so since my father was posted in Chennai after I did my bachelor's degree, I thought I would now uh, do a fine arts degree in Kalak Chitra College of Fine Arts in Chennai. And um, uh, that's where I was introduced to clay. The journey really began in 2010, if you really think about it, this long time ago. Um, after which uh, that spark was had been ignited, I, I then my father moved to Bombay and so did I. And I tried to, I was apprenticing with uh, artists and sculptors and uh, artist residencies. So, um, however, there was some gap I felt uh, because there is I, w I wasn't practicing I was apprenticing mm. I was learning a lot but I had this urge to want to honestly create and attempt mm. so um, other than Andreta which I had been to in 2011 before my apprenticeships for a three months course uh, I had then moved to Oroville I found a teachers there there are many studios there I was extremely inspired by that community as well because they live in an extremely sustainable manner they have a f complete community of potters that are helping each other out everything from making clays to using each other's skins and it was truly inspiring they've committed their life potter as a potter it is a lifestyle as well because mm. you're working with the seasons you're working with production it's a certain kind of discipline and uh, Having seen all of that there, I was extremely inspired and I felt that I am capable of starting my own studio, which is when I, I by that point, Shubhangna had done her teacher's training as well. And so when we proposed this to my parents, that um, we think we both want to actually practice hmm. what we have learned actively. And for that, we must, we will have to create a space that is truly uh, specific to that and is ours in the sense that we're able to design it and live in it because yoga or pottery I don't think is something that you do one-off it's yeah. kind of daily you must commit to it every yeah. single day uh, there's a saying even if you're not working the clay is working yeah. so in that sense uh, we wanted to literally be living in our studios and we feel so grateful that we are able to do that now um, and so now, uh, I think in 2018 is when we opened our doors. We were finally finished and the studios were ready. And hopefully now in the next few years, you will see more and more production from my end from the studio. Wow. So, yeah. Can't wait because I've seen some of the pieces in the studio and it's just beautiful. And you can see the kind of uh, immense love that you have for the craft because it shows through in every uh, little detail and and if it's and she's also really strict as a teacher so if it's not perfect she's not going to let you keep your pieces because she holds you to that standard and I re respect her for that because it takes so much effort and 
and time and commitment to for each to create each piece and um, it's just it's extraordinary every aspect of uh, you know living that um, life and that commitment as a creator also yeah i think a lot of like you were saying it's extremely trending right now pottery and even yoga for yeah, that matter yeah. especially this post covid period yeah. however these are not things you do for a career as and or for money so which is why also uh, neither shubhagna or i have felt the need to production or scale and essentially we're doing it how we enjoy it yeah. and until the result is up to a certain level of discipline and standard um then it just truly means we're not committed enough to our practices and that is why uh, we encourage people to come here and experience this with us living this every day and otherwise we could always you know people have asked us why don't you do online classes mm. because you live in a remote mm. remote location doesn't make sense it's really not about me trying to get to everybody but more you trying to inhabit the space and share it with us yeah. you know and the more the more you come and practice here with us it also makes us better and pushes us to try harder and harder in this process <laughs> absolutely and and i agree with you completely that the space also supports it because Extreme. it's not simply about learning a technique or no. learning the the method or uh, you know the sort of the steps behind the practice it is much deeper than that and i feel the space really what you've created here really supports that and and grows with it exactly so yeah. so that's been so beautiful for me to witness first hand um uh i want to talk a little bit about the farm as well because yes. i feel that the farming aspect of things is in it in its own self you know such a huge accomplishment because uh, just for context all the farms around here are um, uh, are not uh, organic natural farms they've been using a lot of uh, you know traditional farming has evolved a lot over the years and um, uh, for most uh, farmers um, organic or natural farming seems like a, a wasteful or a more tedious process because of the kind yes. of effort that is involved and i think initially when they suggested that they wanted to do this a lot of the local <laughs> uh farmers felt that you know it was they were setting themselves up for failure because yes. it wouldn't work there would be a lot of wastage a lot of produce would be lost to pets pests and things yes. like that so how did you sort of um uh one would be one my first question is that how did you have that uh, confidence and that you had not done farming <laughs> before they had no experience with farming so these are two city girls who have come <laughs> to this area and have decided that they want to do natural farming so how did you have that uh, confidence and that uh, sort of um, uh, commitment to see this through mm. and the second was that uh, how have you tackled uh, criticism around that and uh, sort of yeah gone through with what you believe in so i think um i think everybody does have this uh, idea of an idyllic farm and life and food that you pick and eat every day and so did we so the inspiration of course was from there and we had of course being from here this is the apple belt of uh, this country really and uh, we knew of the stories of oh, people grow apples all over and it's really the way that they sustain Uh, the economy is sustained and everybody sustains their livelihood now for most people 
putting that at risk would mean putting their livelihood at risk. So I think some of that confidence did come from the fact that we didn't look at it as a livelihood. Mm -hmm. And we knew we have, that this is not going to make us any money for a while. So that's not going to be, uh, we're not looking at it as that value for the time being. Uh, the second, of course, was that I think there is a lot of uh, fear mongering and even rumors that people have heard about organic farming over here which is second hand, hmm. right? And uh, we did our research. We, the horticulture university is very supportive. We went there, we did their courses and uh, we learned as much as we could and we experimented as much as we could. And it was not always great because we made a lot of mistakes. We did not know, like you said, we were city girls. We had no idea what we're getting into, but we had committed to it again. So I think Part of it is always committing to the process. Mm. So we'll see it through. It will happen. And according to all our information that we had received so far, all the science is behind it. It is not something that is, um, it's not superstition or mm. anything. We know the science is behind this. So it took a while to create these systems uh, because there are no companies or, or there are no uh, it's something you can buy from a shop and mm. then put it in your land and then call it organic. So, for example, we had to figure out how we make all our fertilizers. So in order to do that, we had to get cows. So first to get cows, we had to figure out how we get cows, which are desi and local. Mm. And then how we build a cow shed that is actually built to collect the urine and the cow dung and makes the process easy so that we are able to then process it and uh, use it as sprays in the farms. How do we source actual organic neem because it does not grow anywhere near mm. here and have a constant and steady supply. So there's many of these organizational administrational problems that took a while, few years uh, experimenting to finally get to this place now that we have suppliers and a full schedule and even the even the uh, labor and uh, who's working on the fields would tell us, please don't do this. It never works. We should spray all these uh, company-made yeah. pesticides and fertilizers. Your apples will grow this big. So, which is also a disclaimer. If any fruit is too big, do not eat it. <laughs> <laughs> that is just wrong. You do wrong. not know what's gone into making it that big. Big fruit is wrong fruit, like yeah. <laughs> just simply. Yes. And so... Um, now, and also, again, we did not get the market price other people were getting. So mm. in a particular season, we had lots of produce, let's say. So did the farm next to us or, or farms that are using fertilizer and pesticides. They are making a lot more money because when you go to the mandi or the farmer's market, uh, the market, they're buying wholesale and they'll buy the prettiest fruit mm. and they'll give it the highest price. And our fruit was not that big or pretty. And that has been an issue. Um, however, now over a period of time, what happens is our cost of maintaining and growing fruit is lower than anyone else's and it becomes an ecosystem and self-sustainable. Mm. Now that it has started happening, people are coming to us, visiting our farms and asking us, how have you pulled this off? Yeah. Because everyone, people have tried it here honestly mm. before, but they gave up because it is too scary and it takes a while. It took us eight years to come to this stage. And this is why we are also supplementing this lifestyle by teaching programs, for mm. example. So, you know, it's not that we only grow food to make money. Mm. That's where somewhere it goes wrong. And then that's why there's a problem with uh, large farms and uh, wholesale uh, selling of fruits or buying of fruits. 
So uh, only if we as consumers value our food as food and not uh, as commerce will that psychology change and that is why now we are able to sell direct to consumer and we have been able to uh, get a good market price for it but also authentically t prove to you that it is possible to yeah. have organic food and at a reasonable rate which is reasonable for you and for me and I, ha I can vouch for that because the last year when they sold their apples, I wanted to order organic apples from uh, Shilaru. And it was sold out within, I think, two days. Yeah, just Saturday, It was sold Sunday. out within two days. Before I could like place my order, it was done. And I was really disappointed. So this time I'm going to be much more alert. But, uh, and that has changed, right? Hmm. One is, of course, uh, as consumers, I think more and more people are becoming aware of hmm. um, of the produce that is coming to their homes and where they, where it is, where it's originating from what are the farming practices being used there is definitely growing awareness around um, being more mindful of what you're consuming so as consumers of course uh, organic farming mm. uh, organic produce has gained popularity but i can share this as a consumer in delhi gurgaon that um, it's much more expensive for you to buy organic produce yes because um, there aren't too many players in the market. The people who are offering it, they have their own overheads. And the produce that you, if you want to make that switch to organic produce, it is a substantial uh, financial overhead that you will have to undertake. Yes. But uh, which is, what is incredible is that they're doing this while making it uh, not uh, an uh, sort of out of reach uh, uh, switch for right. the average consumer it is a small premium compared to what is otherwise available in the market and which was a very pleasant surprise for me because sourcing organic apples from a farm in Shilaru is not difficult or financially uh, overwhelming or daunting for a regular consumer their apples will be selling at this website called From Shimla, From Shimla which yeah. is a group of local farmers who've gotten together and uh, they're selling their produce there. Not all the produce is organic. I think only your farms, uh, your yeah, apples are I organic. Think, um, so I think uh, as far as organic goes, it's us. And I think maybe one other one, maybe they are selling this. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. Okay. But again, uh, the other stone fruits they sell are pretty much organic. Okay. Uh, apples, maybe not so much because they have very big farms and they're selling again uh, so far we've only been able to push a certain quantity online but the more people buy the more we can push it it's a bunch of very young farmers uh, we're all you could say 40 under 30, whatever there's only one and there's mount there's a mountaineer slash farmer photographer slash farmer so we're all um, these are all things we're doing on uh, along with farming and uh, so just young people, we're trying to change this. So if you have to sell wholesale, you have to please the middleman. Mm. So direct to consumer, we cut that cost out. And that's how it is feasible for you and for me. Otherwise, even what you buy, you don't know. Here, you can authentically call me. I will. We will pick it fresh a week before it is shipped to you. So there's no doubt that it's been staying in some cold storage yeah. somewhere and then being sold to you a season later. You will see us picking it. You can find us on Instagram and you will see videos of us picking it and shipping it to you then and there. So, I yeah. love it. <laughs>
what i love even more is that you know they've created this entire ecosystem and it is it is in collaboration with the local community it isn't you know be, in yeah. isolation it has to be it has to exactly be. and another aspect of them making this happen and showing them uh, showing the local community that it is possible and it is sustainable and financially viable yes. is that they've tested out their proof of concept and now they want a lot of the local farmers to also see that it's possible and in that sense they've set an example yes and uh, and it's a concept that is now i think more and more local people are opening up to it and exploring the idea of they are shifting to organic farming in a way it is all consumer based uh, since people do want more organic produce it does make sense to for them to grow it now to be able to scale our deliveries that's something that there are more and more uh, people more and more startups from the side of upper upper shimla area of himachal that are trying to deliver you fresh organic produce so it's only going to be something that is going to be scaling yeah. as the time comes uh, even the uh, post office the uh, has uh, wherein every farmer can send out 10 to 5 kilo packaging direct to consumer of course uh, slowly everyone again is learning how to market online and how to have listings online because there is no dearth of organic produce actually it is so sad that people do grow it and people do want it but there is a gap in uh, the middlemen create a gap wherein they make it expensive and impossible in some sense to actually get you authentic uh, yeah. produce but now with the internet we are able to scale and directly talk to the consumer and cut out that middleman and um eventually it should it should work like that no yeah this is, <laughs> this is perfect because you're bridging that gap right where there is demand and there is supply but just making sure that the two are meeting and uh, yeah and, and it's more sustainable for example they will pick all the produce then make these large cold storages hmm. then put all the produce there then a year later then they sell it in the market instead of that we pick it we send it to you a week later and every it's fresh and we are done yeah <laughs> let him come jackie <laughs> jackie <laughs> so uh, yeah so in that sense it's even more sustainable because people have asked us how is it sustainable that you're selling small packagings it's far more than creating these large large cold storages cold storages these large trucks that going up Expensive and down transportation unnecessary really and it's a strain on the environment as well right Extremely you're maintaining you're spending more. a lot of energy maintaining the cold storage a lot of energy going in transport yeah. and a fairer price to the farmer which really is also very important because at the rate at we get at the market you are not paying that rate you are yeah. paying twice the rate in the city yeah. and i am getting less than half that yeah. so they it diminishes the value of their work and their effort it is 8000 feet plus here it's not easy to really grow anything yeah. so it's quite a lot of effort so uh and people appreciate the story and once they do see the farm uh, they do know you they do know you and it's not that difficult now with the internet we can set it up and so the more the consumer wants the more quantities we can push and we can really make this entire area sustainable it's not that difficult to achieve actually i love this <laughs> 
I love every part of this story because um, from a yogic perspective, from a conscious living perspective as well, you know, we say that when you're eating fresh produce, it, it'll behave very differently in your system. Uh, it'll have a different impact on your health altogether. The reason there are so many lifestyle diseases today mm. is because uh, we're consuming a lot more chemicals than we realize we mm. are. We're consuming, um, uh, we're consuming produce that has been picked and stored for months before it actually reaches our uh, dining tables. And, um, and there is uh, an increase in lifestyle disorders, chronic ailments that's happening. And food is a very major part of it. So if we're yeah. more conscious about how we're consuming, what we're consuming, and, uh, and the food that, and where we're sourcing our produce from, it'll have a huge impact on your health and well-being, on what you're feeding your children, all of that, right? Yeah. So to be able to make that easy for, for an average consumer is, is an incredible um, sort of effort that has gone into that. And if you've le ever lived on a farm or if you've ever tried to grow your own produce, you will recognize the amount of effort, the amount of commitment it takes to, to grow even one tomato. Yeah. I've tried it, <laughs> I've tried it and, and lost all my whatever little produce was there because uh, monkeys got to it before, before I could. But just recognizing that the effort that farmers are putting in, that is skill, knowledge, wisdom, and commitment beyond anything you can ever imagine. To me, honestly, and it's taken me a while to come to this mm. uh, uh, appreciation of, of what goes on behind getting anything mm. to your table. So that I feel when, you know, there's this conscious commitment to making that happen and doing that in a sustainable and a more um, committed way, it's, it's a beautiful change that I'm so glad to see that coming. Yeah. And people like you are responsible no. for, for making that uh, <laughs> shift and to, you know, start yeah. that movement. I mean, I also think it's, uh, I, especially post-COVID, people are truly valuing their health. I think it was always a choice to yeah. be healthy before, but I think now people truly realize health is not a choice. Health has to be a part of you. That is not something that you choose to do some days and not some days. So hopefully, um, and by a healthier person will make healthier choices as well. So mind and body. <laughs> yes, 100%. And uh, it's, I feel so grateful that I've got to experience this. Because um, for me, it's uh, living in a city is, it's, it's a challenge every step of the mm. way to make your lifestyle sustainable, to make your lifestyle yeah. more conscious and um, um, in tune with the environment. You're constantly uh, faced with, you know, um, a lot of uh, uh, issues like uh, how much plastic are you consuming, yes. how much, um, uh, how sustainably are you sourcing your produce, um, are you able to consume fair trade where the farmers have been paid a fair price all those aspects which now people are becoming more aware of but you're already living that and living that for eight years now okay. so <laughs> well over here in the mountains honestly people have uh, a very little f uh, footprint as it is because in some sense not having all the infrastructure helps you to find alternative ways to do everything that you do need um, not that waste management and single-use plastic is not a problem here, 
uh, I, we do get a lot of people who come over from the cities and say, oh, there's so much plastic here, it's mm. everywhere. Uh, but they do not also in some sense realize that there are only so many things that people do actually get here which are manufactured mm. and they have not understood how it will never degrade at this point. There are no systems to actually uh, collect or sell um, compost and so there's like everybody always composted right mm. here it's not something that you have to teach them however single-use plastic they are not aware of how to treat it mm. what to do about it Himachal government does have a, a very good buyback policy however getting trash compactors setting up uh, an entire system around it will take some time and there are several people in several different organizations even we are trying to attempt to at least in our village be able to uh, install something like a trash compactor. So these things are part of a journey, but living uh, in, a, in a simpler manner comes naturally if you live somewhere yeah. uh, far away. It would be so much more sustainable, uh, not just sustainable for the people, but just even for the cities. If more of us lived in the villages yeah. and farmed and chose a simpler life where you are unable to order everything from an app. So yes, it is more of an effort, but there's so much more joy as well. Because you know everything that you have created, where it comes from. And uh, so when people say, oh, don't you get bored in the mountains? What do you do all day? Creating every single thing takes so much time. Yeah. I have no time to be bored in yeah. that sense. Uh, constantly trying to do something or the other, even to create the smallest thing. It takes so much effort that all your time is consumed by the simplest of tasks. So it really makes life simpler and more Ent uh, uh, enthusiastic about life in general. So, yeah, I recommend you also moving here. <laughs> 100%. I would move here in a heartbeat. <laughs> if, yeah, my, my, my parents were like, you're so happy that you move in, move in with them. Uh, yes, I will. <laughs> yeah, I told you I need an apprentice yeah, anyway. So, I'm, I'm going to stay here. <laughs> so, that's the thing, right? Because I've, I've just, it's been almost a week since I've been here. And, and I have so much respect for every aspect of their life here because it's so beautiful and for me I, I say this that they're living my dream because <laughs> it is my dream to you know have a farm and and grow my own produce teach yoga and be able to do this in collaboration with the local community and building a sustainable lifestyle for everyone so it is such a beautiful just such a beautiful experience being here <laughs> and um, uh, <laughs> and we've had such a great time and we need all your support to really actually yeah. make this happen. Uh, this would be unsustainable if people like you and the people who come to do the programs did not support this. We would at some point would not be able to continue with this. So the more people appreciate it and support it, uh, the better this all works. It really, yes, it is in collaboration with the local community, but it's also with the people who are watching yes, us and coming so from true. afar as well. So everybody's uh, intention and energies is required to make to this, yeah. this happen every time. Yeah, I love this. We're going to end on, the, on this one uh, thing that I want to talk about as well, which is that... Um, you know, over the years, what's happened is uh, kids from the villages have always migrated towards the cities because that's where opportunities are. That's yes. where 
uh, growth and um, uh, whatever aspirations that they have can be realized, right? But I think what you have started is uh, is hopefully something that will be a bit of a trend and that will be a conscious um, awakening of sorts for our uh, uh, for the city people as well. Is that to come back to the land and um, create opportunities here? Because I feel like this is the biggest opportunity, right? <laughs> to be able to do this, you can you can grow to be the CEO of a multinational and be uh, living in one of the fanciest cities in the country and and traveling abroad and all of that. But the actual opportunity to r realize and uh, mobilize change at the grassroots level is is incredibly um, it's huge. Uh, yeah, I, I, the intention was to, if uh, because we are able to do this now, and I don't know, at least within my family, my let's say my nephews and people who are perhaps the next generation are inspired, and they do feel it's feasible. Because mm. for the will, village kid, it seems un, it's not feasible without getting a job mm. to sustain this lifestyle. Because yes, there is farming but it only pays for so much. Mm. So if we change some of the systems and how we value our space, even our produce, they do not have to move out. They really don't want yeah. to. Yeah. It's not, it's, they do it because there is no other choice. So perhaps farmers who have smaller land holdings, what choice do they have uh, other than send their children to the to cities the city, to yeah. get jobs? Because the produce is not valued in the correct way. Their life is not valued mm. in the correct way. So hopefully this is our attempt as well to be able to engage more and more young people who have skills. Uh, everybody here is literally a mountaineer and a skier, you know. Poor things, they have to go to the city um, to just get the simplest of jobs. But mm. why? They love living here. The love they have for nature, the respect they have for nature. We are only just learning. So hopefully, as time goes on, we are able to support more and more people, yes. bring in more and more. Uh, and that connection between the city person and the village person, it's not really that far away. We just don't know each other and there is no sort of meeting ground uh, other than in this vague way where you stay in hotels and you see one local waiter. Mm. But that's not really the life that yeah. they are living or you are living for that matter. So we hope we can bridge that gap as much as possible, employ as many people and fulfill their skills and you are able to then get an authentic experience in that sense and you know everybody's the better for it. <laughs> yes, I agree hundred percent. So and and I really hope that you know this is and I think we are starting to see that change as well where more yes, and more are. people are uh, appreciating connecting with uh, with the space not just as a tourist but as a traveler and, yeah. and to experience it in its uh, completeness and wholeness and uh, I really want to see that happen uh, <laughs> and I think this is the perfect sort of incubator ground for that. And, yeah, uh, that, that's yeah. the right word, <laughs> <Yeah>. incubator. <Yeah. laughs> and uh, I'm just so deeply touched to be here and um, I have immense respect and oh. love and appreciation <laughs> for everything it is that you guys are doing. So thank you, thank, thank you, you for doing this. It's truly beautiful. And thank you for Vesak. Thank you, Vesak. <laughs> uh, so, mm, okay. Uh, wait, what's up? 
I'm trying to remember my Instagram handle. Yeah, okay. Huh. So, uh, uh, thank you so much for doing this, Virangna. Uh, thank it's you. Such an it's, a, it's such a joy <laughs> to be here. And uh, I'm sure lots of people will be very curious to know more about uh, you and the Shilaru project. So, um, where can they find you on Instagram, social media, all of that? Uh, you can find us at the Shilaru project on Instagram or Facebook and you can, yeah, email. And, and we have the website is the shilaruproject.com as well, so. And, um, yeah. US handles. <laughs> <laughs> and my uh, Instagram handle is kanika.hathayoga. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I, me, talk about huh? your website. Yeah, and my website is, I'm like stumped. And <laughs> Where can we find you? <laughs> so uh, my Instagram handle is kanika.hathayoga. Vaisak's going to put it in the link description. And my website is nisargahathayoga.com. I teach uh, yoga in Gurgaon and Shilaru and uh, also in um, other parts of the country. So, so yeah, just, I'm so glad to be here, guys. <laughs> Soon she'll be teaching pottery. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> My dream. Even if I can throw a decent pot, I will Oh, no, you we will, by the end of, mm. before you leave, you will throw at least two decent pots. Okay, yeah, wow. It's done. <laughs> I'm going to hold her to it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. We're going to do bowls, and I'm pretty sure you'll do it. Wow. Oh. And please subscribe to Vaisak's right. channel. What's it called? My name only. It's Vaisak oh, Sabu. Yeah. That's it. Okay. That's simple. Yeah. Oh. Please subscribe to Vaisak's channel. And, and like. like and share and subscribe. <laughs> and follow. Yeah, I'll look at you in the middle because you're doing this. Give thumbs up and, <laughs> give, many and thumbs give comments. Ups. And, and uh, give him a lot of love. Tell him not to go to Jaipur. How can Jaipur you leave here? Jaipur is too hot. <laughs> How can he leave him, Arjun? <laughs> uh. okay, hi everyone, Namaskaram. Namaskaram. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm a little nervous now. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. He'll edit all this. Now. Yeah, yeah. You better edit this out. <laughs> Started this uh, back in 2013. 13. Yes. Uh, God, I'm, I'm like so nervous right now. <laughs> Take a breather, take this a breather. This camera is making me like really. <laughs> First yoga teacher we have hosted and we can't wait to have you back again, honestly. Okay, can we stop? <laughs> I said all the thank yous. I was like, wait, what's next? <laughs> uh, Please thank you, not done. Edit out stuff because I'm also babbling, babbling. No, on, but you, know? you, you, were, you, you said the whole thing. <laughs> Correct. Like, More use kar language. Uh, yeah. like <laughs> There's been a lot of me looking at you <laughs> like this. <laughs> Dumbledore is just doing what we're doing. Ah, jaw hurts. I know, like I'm smiling. smiling and talking. And <laughs>